Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Rock Class Radio. Today is a very interesting episode. We have a professor with us and we are going to be talking about academy, about uh, crypto as an academy. And then we will be also learning about IT and retail and know about fiscal uh, terms and what, what all those things are. Uh, professor has been Professor John Keating, as he's known as his name is uh, Darko Pavik. He's joining us from Hamburg, Germany, and so glad to be having a guest from Germany. So we get us there. <laughs> Sehr gut, super. Uh, this was really surprise. I didn't know that you speak German, so it's good. Shall we switch to German a little bit? Ich lerne Deutsch für zwei Jahre. In, in That's really great. I'm really surprised. Uh, thank you for the invitation. It's my big, big pleasure to, to join you today. And I think there are so many interesting topics to discuss, starting with retail over Web3 and retail in Web3 over the education topics, because I think education is always very hot topic, especially nowadays, if we talk about security and all these uh, kind of things. So that's why I'm, I'm really glad and I hope we will both enjoy the sessions and our uh, guys on the other side of the screen as well. Absolutely. So, Professor, welcome to the show. Uh, could you please introduce ourselves to the audience? Sure, but give me uh, one hour. <laughs> no, it's not that long, so I will try to make it very short, of course. So I'm uh, in the real life. I'm Darko Pavic. Actually, I'm a software engineer and I started my career as a software developer. Uh, today, I'm living in Germany. I'm running my own company, which is called Fiscal Solutions. And I'm running that company since almost 20 years. So we are not startup, but we are trying to be startup, to be flexible and fast and these kind of things. And on the other side, uh, I, I love computers. I love development. I'm still developing by myself from time to time as soon as I find some time. I love crypto world. I love algorithms, web space, web3 space. And in the web3 space, I'm known as a professor John Keating because I'm running some kind of education. Amazing. So we, how did you get into the mutant apes community? Ah, this is a good question. Um, but maybe we, we, we should start a little bit earlier, let's say, because the, the Mutants and Board Ape Yacht Club was a part of our strategy as a company. Let me give you just a short overview about what we are doing actually in the company. And then the move, move to Web3 space will be logical. And then it will absolutely make sense why the Board Apes and all these kind of things. So actually, I, I started the company in 2004, I think, or even end of 2003 uh, as a software development company. And that company is producing the software modules for the big international retailers, uh, which those guys are using if they are moving to a new country. So if we are, for example, Tata Consulting from, from India is our customer. And if they are opening the stores or, or retail business abroad in other countries, they have to follow certain laws. And our software modules are helping them to implement all those laws very easily. So they just take our software modules, they integrate it into the business software which they have, which they run usually, and they are very fast, good to go. So this kind of software is called fiscal software, of course, and because the laws are called fiscal laws. 
And today we are serving 22 countries and the retailers knows that. And they're, of course, asking us about all the new countries which they have on their uh, roadmap. And some times ago, I think even two years ago or something like that, retailers started asking us about metaverse. So I, I was wondering myself, okay, retail and metaverse, what's that? What's actually metaverse? I was not, nobody really knew about that. And we didn't know as well. So we started. So your customers were exactly. asking you. And this was already two years ago or something like that. And because we didn't know what it is, what is actually metaverse, we start learning a little bit and starting, let's say, talking to the, we started talking to the people and asking what it is, what is behind and, and these kind of things. And very fast, we understood actually that metaverse is first something, let's call it first something, which is very similar to the new country. So if the retailers opening stores, for example, from, from Germany in US or whatever, there is actually not that big difference if the same retailer is opening store in the metaverse because he has to follow the certain rules which are existing over there, official rules and unofficial rules. They have to, to create a certain strategies and so on. So we understood at that moment that we have to treat Web3 space and metaverse as a part of that as a separate country. So that was the, let's say, the initial point for us to understand Web3 space as a new country for the retailers. And this means for us, for the business as well. And we started learning about that. So we created first the strategy, how to understand this space. And our strategy was actually very simple. And there were several steps. And the first step was to identify who is the leader in the space. And it was already around two years ago. And definitely Yuga Labs was at that time point the leader in the space and nowadays as well. So we identify them as a, as a leader of the space and we decided to learn from them actually. And the access to the community of Yuga Labs was actually leading over the assets, over the digital assets, over the NFTs. So we decided to find the, the, the best possible entry point. And this was actually Mutant Ape. And we bought one in order to be part of the community. But we didn't buy any just like that, you know, just the cheapest one. We understood that we have to create a kind, kind of story around a character that we want to be in the Web3 space in order to learn on the best way. And tomorrow, if we want to serve the retailers, to be, let's say, on the, in the good position to help them. So we created a story called Professor John Keating, and uh, people which are a little bit older, like me, they probably know the movie called Dead Poet Society. In that movie, there, there is a professor called Professor John Keating. So we thought it's a great way because this guy is, has a certain ethical values, you know, trying to help the students, creating the real persons with honor and everything, you know, what belongs to good person. And we decided to take this character as a base on one side, and then on the other side to find a mutant ape, which is representing him. And now let me ask you, what do you think? What is the major characteristic of the professors? Tell me, what do you think? Well, uh, glasses, gray hair. Talking too much, talk too much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And what is our mutant has some, you know, some kind of things coming out of his mouth. 
Why? Because he's talking too much, like every professor in the world on one side. <laughs> and on the other side, his brain is exploding. And if you check the, the, the picture of the NFT, you will see that this mutant ape is talking too much and has a very smart brain, which is exploding, you know, because that smart is that guy. So that's why we took exactly that one uh, to represent Professor John Keating as a character. Let me try to pull it up. Uh, so trying to recap what you said, fiscal was the term I usually referred to in. Okay, yes. Yes, this is Professor. So, you see his <laughs> warm. So what is <laughs> what is that? And his brain is exploding and moving. And... Yeah. So then this is you. Yes. So I, 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 I like the fact that you got it animated. <laughs> but you see, what is the, the strategy? The evolution is coming back to the ape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so some... Ah, oh, I like that in that way, yes. <laughs> So somehow we are all developing back, to, you know, to the nature, let's say, for, to our real nature. So you thought it would be best to, as apes are the ones who onboarded the masses into NFTs, you thought of naming the school as Ape School, I see. Yes, the, the idea was if we already, you know, we decided to be near to the Yuga Labs because they are the leader in the space. And then we thought, what would be the good marketing approach in, in order to have a value out of that for our business? And even if you just name something Ape, people in the Web3 space will immediately think on Yuga Labs, on Apes, and so on. So that's why we took the word Ape. And Ape is not protected, but it's great marketing tool, and that's why it's Ape School. Absolutely. Uh, rewinding back to... The 25 years or plus of uh, you have done service in the IT and in the retail, the term fiscal I had heard in the terms of fiscal expenses by the governments. So fiscal by what you said sounds to be more regarding regulations in different countries. Yes. So... You must be having a big team of lawyers in all countries. Yeah, we do. We do. We have really, indeed, in our head office, we have, I think, seven or eight lawyers, which are just doing more or less consulting work for the retailers, how to work in those 22 countries. And then we have in the countries as well, partners and lawyers, which are working for us and with us to create all the technical concepts and, and consultancies for the retailers in those countries. So in the fiscal, uh, what all things do you cater to? Is it just the taxation policy or goods service restrictions or what are, what are the other things that uh, yeah. you provide service for? This is now, I think, very important because we, we will talk about that if we talk about the blockchain and Web3 and so on, and because there is a very good relation or clear relation. So first, let me describe what is fiscal, because usually if I'm talking to people and telling them we are working in the fiscal environment, doing fiscal solutions, people think about more financial part of the system. They think about exactly. accounting, back office and so on. But actually, it's not. So actually, it's related to the POS, point of sale, cash register, and it's related to the VATs, value added taxes. So this means the governments of the world, they want to ensure that the retailers are really paying taxes as they should, 
VAT taxes. And because of that, they are telling them you have to work on this and that way. You have maybe to include even certain hardware components, which will control your cash register in a certain way in your business system, and you have to use it. You have to send a certain reports. You have to follow the, the, the business processes have to follow certain laws, let's say. And this small part, it's not small, but this, this kind of part, let's say, it's what we are covering and automating with our software. So the retailer takes it, integrates it into the cash register, and he can easily be compliant with the fiscal laws, these laws related to the VATs in those countries. And now you can imagine if we are talking about metaverse, which is actually not really regulated country, if we call it like that. I, ju I just want to uh, rewind a bit. Sure. You are talking about scale of your work. You have had uh, work experience with uh, IKEA, Metro, yes. Tesco, and Caref uh, Caref Carefor. Yes. So you have worked with really big brands. Yes. And uh, like it's multi-retail, it's not just retail. Right. So what is the... Uh, what is the range of brands do you take? Is it startups or is it only the big brands no, no, we call them, you we, consider? Or... Sure, we call them tier one retailers because they are, there is a certain categorization, let's say tier three. These are the small retailers like a neighbor store, like small C store in your neighborhood. This is, this is a tier three. These retailers usually have just one or two stores in one city. Then you have a tier two retailers, which are actually small chains. They have maybe several stores in one part of the city or even several, maybe even sometimes 200 stores, but in just one city. And the tier one retailers, those retailers are very big retailers, which have the retail stores or e-commerce or everything together in more than 10, 15, 20 countries. We are serving today only tier one retailers. So this means these biggest retailers of the world and those are, you just name it, Tesco and Ikea's and Decathlon, Tata Consulting is very big as well, and so on, on one side. On the other side, the, the second group of the customers which we have are big software companies like Oracle, like Aptos, like Microsoft and so on, SAP. They are taking our modules as well putting them inside their own solution and selling it to the retailer again. So these are these two kinds wow. of the customers that we have. Yeah. So you specialize in the value added tax and the journal keeping and the hardware yeah, exactly. and the software of the end person who is using the, using the tools at, at the billing counter and uh, exactly. those things. Yes. That, that is very interesting. So, as blockchain is totally related to bookkeeping and it's a ledger, distributed ledger around the world, uh, that is a good, what do you say, uh, something you could easily adopt to and expand your market. And you, as you mentioned, a new country, a new project in that case. So, yeah, yeah let's discuss how did you find parallels and how uh, yeah. what, what all things you're doing in the blockchain. I will tell you, it's, it's actually very simple. I love the areas which are not regulated, where the people are still not know how to do the things, because this means you can be very creative, you can create your own solutions, and you can be, let's say, the leader in your market area. And this is the situation in the metaverse, in the blockchain-related world, and in the Web3 space, if we are talking about taxations. Because, for example, today, if you are minting NFT, 
you don't know if you are paying VAT taxes or not. And if the government see that, they are taking the hair, <laughs> you know, like this, because where are the VATs? How to calculate them? And if you are thinking about the regions, like, for example, Europe, there are certain rules. For example, if you are running online store, and Metaverse is very similar to the online store, to the e-commerce. If you're running e-commerce internet page and you are selling the, the goods, the items to the countries around the uh, European Union, you have to calculate the taxes, VAT taxes, based on the country of origin of the customer, not based on the country where you are as a company. For example, if I'm a French-based company and I want to run internet page to sell the items, I can do that in European Union, no problem. But if somebody from Croatia, by the way, I'm Croatian, if somebody from Croatia is buying on that internet, French internet page, the French company has to calculate Croatian VATs. So this, mm. means, this means the French company has to know that I am from Croatia. And now remember yourself, as you minted something on the blockchain, you are using wallet. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows from which country you are. How can then the, the owner of the, mean, of, the, of the NFTs calculate the VATs? He doesn't know which VATs he should calculate. And if governments see that, they think, what to do with that? <laughs> you know? So that's why in the moment there are no laws which are regulating that. Uh, and, and there is no technical solution which is enabling retailers and whomever to implement something. And that's why it's a great solution. It's a great area for us to create the solutions. You know, we had uh, in one of the previous episodes about blockchain and use cases of that. We had Alexander from joining us from US and uh, we had our Indian friend who were discussing both the sides about taxations in both these countries. So it's a good opportunity to know about what's happening in the European Union. So as far as India goes, there is no regulation as such. It's a straight away 30% tax on whenever you uh, convert crypto into the Indian rupee. That's it. They are not concerned about how many NFTs you trade, are you mining or are you whatever you're doing. With the crypto, it doesn't matter. But when you try to come in the system, when you exchange it for Indian rupees, that time, whatever amount you are exchanging, earning, on that, you pay 30% straight away. Yes. And for the Indian audience, uh, whenever we are referring to VAT, uh, this was the accounting term many years ago. Now it is GST. So what we, we pay GST, it is uh, VAT in other countries. Mm -hmm. So how, how are things, how are regulations in European Union? There is a no regulation in that area. If we are talking about uh, metaverse, Web3 space, NFTs, and so on, there is a there is a regulation regarding the owning of digital assets, and on one side, of course, and there is something in preparation which should be, I think, even in the following weeks or months or something like that, uh, called Mika, which is defining how to taxate and what are the rules if you want to own and transfer the cryptocurrency from one to another. But NFTs are still not part of that regulation. So this is the next step because you can imagine not only that identity of the customer is a problem, the first problem is actually to define what is NFT. Because on one side, we can agree that it's a digital something, digital asset. But what, it is, what is it in the matter of the taxes if we are talking about vouchers, for example, if you exchange the NFT with something? 
Or if you are talking about services, for example, if you own the NFT and then you want to use the service of the company as a utility for something, what is then? Which kind of VAT you should calculate in that case? And in India, it's a very similar situation depending on the service or on the type of the product category of the product that you sell, the VAT rates are different. And this is another problem for the NFT. What is the category of the NFTs? Is it art? Is it service? Because it could be utility. Is it kind of voter, which you can exchange with physical items? Or is it pure digital item, like a license to, to, to listen to music or something like that? Depending on the category, you will have a different VATs. So that's why they're mm. not able to, rec- to, to agree about you know, the law uh, over there. There can't be one general law because there are already so many use cases for NFTs. As you just mentioned, it could be a membership card. It could be an asset. Uh, Yeah. So talking about membership, I forgot to announce this in the beginning. Uh, We have launched the Rockless Club. You can join the club as member of Rockless Radio. So I'll, I'll attach it. Links in the description. You can check it out and become a lifelong member of Rockla's club, which includes Rockla's spaces and Rockla's radio and many more things to come in the future. All right. Getting back to the conversation. Um, so you are the go-to people to understand or know whatever, whenever the laws change, or I think you are even advising the governments on what to categorize as what. So that's yes. a very interesting thing going ahead and it is usually uh in 90s it was the case with it right people didn't know how to tax it so infosys and other countries make good amount of money doing that i mean nobody's to stop you so just keep creating uh till somebody stops so (laughs) uh, you can look at it in that way um so coming coming to the coming to ape academy now Yes. What was your vision and like what, how did you want to get into the educational side of it? Yes, this is nice story because I'm lover of the open source. Actually, as I was studying in Germany, I was a part of the many different open source projects and developed certain software elements and so on. So I love that philosophy. So that's why the, the blockchain philosophy was very near to me. And that's why it was very easy for me personally to transfer into the, into the blockchain world. Because all these philosophies, which I knew from the open source world, can be applied, let's say, in the blockchain world. So this is one point. The second point is, as I started to, to learn and to prepare my own company for the blockchain and for the development of the software which we need, I started learning by myself. And I included the team as well in those learning phase, let's say. We had to do everything by ourselves because my strategy was make the hands dirty in order to learn. So if you want to understand NFTs, create NFT. If you want to create, to know how the collections are created, create collection. That's why we started doing, let's say. And in one moment, I understood that that's what we are doing is actually creating great value and I decided to make it open source because I love open source as well. And I opened the internal trainings, which I held, hold for the, for the company, for the team, to everyone. So I asked whoever wants to join, you are welcome. I am teaching my people in the, in, in the team, in the company about blockchain and all these things. 
If you want to join, you are, you are good to go. No money at all involved. It's free for everyone. And in order to motivate you, I will give you even free NFT at the end. <laughs> so that's why the people were totally motivated. We organized something like a masterclass. Masterclass are seven lessons, starting with blockchain and ending with metaverse. We'll really detail with more than 13 hours. So it's not just, you know, like that, but it's really going deep into the, into the, into the topic. And at the end, people who uh, joined me for all lessons, they received NFT, Ethereum-based NFT, and they, they didn't pay even the gas fees. So it was like a present for them. And on the road to the end, let's say, I gave them a lots of gifts, like, for example, they are not big gifts, but interesting gifts. For example, five ape, ape coins. Because if, if I give them five ape coins, they have to install the wallet. If they have to install the wallet, they have to learn how to do that. So in those classes, I'm not teaching how to install the wallet. I'm teaching how the blockchain is working, the, the real, real thing, let's say. Because I think the teaching how to install, to install the wallet, it can be done on the YouTube much better. There are so many good YouTubers explaining very good this topic. Why should I repeat that again? But to cover these real basics combined with the business part, to show them this is the blockchain, this is how it's working, and in your business you can use this and that for this and that. This was really good. And in total we had already 1,600 students which, which applied and took the lessons, not all of them. Some of them joined just for one lesson, then maybe two not, they skipped two, and then on the third they were again there. But in total we had 1,600 uh, students. And then I continued. I did the first sessions, seven lessons, then the second. And now we are already doing the fifth one. And we are starting in beginning of May, I think, 4th of May or something like that. Everybody can join. You just need to register on our uh, apeschool.xyz internet page. And that's it. Then you join and, and you learn. That's very interesting. That's just coming up. So... All of all of you, whenever watching this episode, you can directly go and register for it. I'll attach the links in description. Uh, what are the students like? What should students expect in this course as going in? You said how to, uh, what is the fundamentals of blockchain and how they can use, be used in business. Uh, but I also saw there are many other options. Like there were teachers training programs. There was a yeah. PhD thing over there. So yes, it's like a whole institute. So uh, what all aspects <laughs> should uh, students look look forward it's, it's to when they're that, coming in? It's not that complex. So it's not. There are actually just two group of trainings. One group of training sessions is that masterclass. Everybody can join. You don't need any kind of, there are no requirements. You don't need to have any knowledge. You don't need to have any technical knowledge. Whatever you have to learn, you've been learned there. If you are a teacher, you need the same knowledge as if you are not the teacher. But if you want to teach, you can take my content, let's say the old slides and videos and everything, and you can adapt it for yourself and teach your students. That's it. So it's like IP rights. So I'm giving to everyone who is there IP rights to use all my content however they like. So if you are a teacher, you will love that because you don't have to work and to prepare everything by yourself. <laughs> you take it and you use it. So this is the only difference. The knowledge that you need, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher or not, it's actually the same. So this is the one. 
The other group of trainings, these are the free trainings as well. For them, you need the certain requirements, but this is like the second level, let's say. After you got the basics, then I'm teaching the things which are happening daily. Like, for example, I'm just now we had airdrop a couple of days ago in the Arbitrum. People don't know what is Arbitrum. People don't know what is airdrop. What do they need for that? And for that, I create a training and teach the people. Uh, Bitcoin ordinals. Nobody knows in them or not that many people knows what are ordinals. So I'm just now working on the training session. As soon as I'm finished, I will make the open training session for everyone who wants to join is perfect. But you will not be able to understand ordinals if you didn't understand the basics. So mm. that's why it's like PhD, but it's not really PhD. You know, it's just a little bit more advanced. Yeah. So, so this what, is basically the concept. And what is the fee structure like for all these courses? No fees. Everything totally free. Wow. No and fees, no hidden costs. But you know, on the other side, I'm also free. So this means maybe I will not make training tomorrow because I want to touch the grass, <laughs> grass and, you know, just to relax. So, you know, that's why it's mm. everything is free. If you want to join, just jump in and join. If not, it's fine. You know, Professor, I it's just been two weeks. I was invited to a college to give a lecture to an audience of about 100 students who didn't know anything about NFTs. So in about one hour's time, I took them from what is crypto blockchain to how to start minting their NFTs and how to sell them. Um, Great. And at the end, I also gifted them their, their first NFTs on the spot. So Nice. Yeah, we used a custodial wallet uh, kind of situation where they don't have to have all these wallets and things uh, installed. They can have it in a custodial wallet and they can transfer it whenever they are ready. So this uh, talking to you now makes makes me feel so happy. I can guide those students to this course and even the sure. professors and college who are interested in Probably they could start a course in the college with this, with, with your uh, toolkit, uh, which would be interesting. <laughs> you know, this is, yes, it, it would be, I would be very happy to help your students as well, if needed, for sure. Uh, you know, there are some, I had a lots of professors, real professors from the universities, and then they asked me to, to join them in real life on the universities to, to make the lessons over there. And I did that as well. So there are several cooperations which I have today with the universities. And I love that because talking to students, it's always very nice because they have a totally different ideas. They are very creative. And I personally learn a lot by those lessons as well. So that's why I love that. And their questions also make you think uh, in many ways. <laughs> yes. Exactly, yes. Uh, so two questions. One one question is how, what prospects do you make them, what what things do you tell them to get them interested? Because they'll usually see the news around blockchain has crashed, there's no importance to yeah. this. So how do you give them future aspects, prospects of uh, having this knowledge right now? Yeah, you know, the human nature is something very beautiful, but very strange in some cases as well. Everybody catch the negative things and first negative things, and they love the negative things, you know, drama. So if there is a drama, they love it and, and everybody's waiting for that. Uh, and if you have a 20 good cases and just one bad case, everybody will be jump on that bad case. 
So what I'm trying, I'm trying to show them the good cases. So I'm taking in each lesson which I have, I'm starting it with examples from the industry. I'm showing them, for example, what is Mercedes-Benz in Germany doing, what is Skoda doing, what are the retailers doing, how successful is Kafur, for example. You know, I'm showing them the business cases because then those smart guys, and they are very smart, they can imagine their own business cases and they can see, oh, this is possible. I can do reservation things, platform just based on the NFTs. Oh, I can do membership. Oh, I can rent my NFT. Oh, this is nice. And this is the way. So I'm not discussing the politics. I'm not discussing the bad situation, like what's going on and why is this like that? No, I'm putting the, the, the positive things in the focus and trying to, to wake up the imagination of the students. And usually they are very, they have a great fantasy. So that's why it's not that difficult, to be honest. Wow. So fundamentally, if you see the blockchain, that power of your entries or whatever you record, that cannot be changed. That simple aspect can be used in so many places. And yes. uh, people would be surprised, but all these major companies are already using in it. Tata, as you mentioned, Reliance is already doing it in India and yes. other companies in the world have been trying it out. Starbucks has done the cards and all on blockchain. So exactly. till they graduate, or th that will definitely give them an edge in the industry when, when they come in to uh, implement those kind of systems for their promotional plans or whatever it is. Yes. I can give you a so one story, for example, from one of the students which I had. Uh, this student is actually a smaller company, but family-based family company, which is producing solar panels, I think it's the right world, you know, for the energy, for the production of the, of the electricity. And they wanted to learn about blockchain and everything and how to incorporate blockchain in their business. And usually, you know, people are sometimes, you can't see that fast something if somebody is not telling you from outside, look at that, this could be, this could be uh, created. Nowadays, so it's almost one year after that. He was one year before in, in, in the lecture, in the lessons that I had. Now, one, one year later, he created a mining farm and he don't have any kind of problems with electricity because he's producing his own electricity, you know, to mine the, the, the cryptocurrencies. So the, you see the idea, he created business by himself. I was not the guy who created business for him. And I even didn't give him the idea but I was talking about blockchain, about mining, about the problems of the mining and the electricity consumption is one of the biggest. And then it made a click in his head. Wow, I don't have this problem because I'm producing the solar panels by myself. Let's make it like that. And now he is really big miner in Serbia and making really good profits. Wow. So it takes me to two questions. Uh, what are the NFTs still, still worth mining? There was a time where you could mine Bitcoins and Ethereum on your desktop, but now even doing it for months, it doesn't give you significant returns. With the proof of stake also coming in, uh, what is the scope of mining? Very interesting question, because I think it's very difficult in the moment to be successful in the mining area. And I see the two biggest problems. First are the related costs, because you have to pay electricity. Electricity is very expensive. 
This is one big area of the problems, why the mining is mostly not profitable. And the second point is you have to compete with the companies which are very rich and which have the mining systems which are very dedicated and very big and very powerful. So if I buy now small mining rig and I put five machines here, it will be around 50,000 euros, so it will be very expensive. But the other guy on the other side of the planet has much cheaper electricity and has a farm with 500,000 of euros, you know. I have no chance, no chance uh, to be better than that guy. And the mining is actually nothing else than competing with each other who will solve the hash problem first. And if you have the better system, you will be better. So that's why I never recommend mining. So, yeah, the more the more hardware you have, the better it is. Yes. You know, that takes me to another uh, question. There was one chain called Chick or Click or something like that, which was based on the storage capacity. The number of hard disks you have, the number of storage you have, like like the U torrent or the torrent kind of thing. So again, that then that's the same question. Whoever owns more has more stakes in that blockchain. Exactly, exactly. So it is. What do you think about that with staking and this mining thing? Uh, does it go on becoming centralized with these bigger companies having bigger um, computational power? and staking oh, yes. ability. Is, yes, 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 yes. This is a big problem because, uh, to be honest, I don't like that, the situation which we have today, because on one side we are trying to run decentralized systems like blockchain and so on. On the other side, those blockchains are running on the nodes, which are mostly in the hands of one or two companies. So this means the software which is running on those nodes is decentralized, okay, but the infrastructure is centralized. So this means if they want to switch off the blockchain, they could do it like that. So this means, is it decentralized or centralized? To be honest, I think it's very centralized. And that's why I don't like it. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So it's a philosophical question on one side. And on the other side, if the companies are big, if they can invest in the infrastructure, they are controlling the network. So what... In the current situation, people know about Bit- Bitcoins, Ethereum, and Tezos for the artist. So among these three, or what are the other chains Actually, which, all of them. which are relatively so, decentralized? Because, uh, you know, the first blockchain was Bitcoin, and all other blockchains were created based on the Bitcoin, just extended and improved and so on. So the basic idea of any blockchain is to be decentralized. But then there are some companies which develop the software, let's say, and own the software by themselves on that way. And that's why this kind of, this is kind of centralization. So if there is a, but if, to be honest, the Ethereum, it's centralized as well. A couple of years ago, Vitalik had, there was a rumor that Vitalik had an accident and immediately everything went down rapidly. So this means the complete Ethereum network is really depending on one person. And this is Vitalik. So this means even that decentralized system is not really decentralized. Now just exchange the name Vitalik with a company name and you will have the same situation like in other blockchains. It's like that. 
but that is that is more like a market sentiment right this is the person who has created and uh, if a personal accident happens to him yeah it is that is just like a stock market thing sentiment right i uh, hmm so i think the record keeping and all this stays same it is just the speculative aspect that fluctuates which you are uh, calling as centralized yes. so uh, you mentioned about arbitrum right sure i can you can you enlighten yeah, the it's actually layer 2 network uh, what is arbitrum based on the ethereum which is trying to improve and it's quite successful actually to improve certain problems which ethereum has Ethereum has, in the moment, two big problems. It's expensive because the gas fee are, in some cases, very expensive and it's not scalable. So it's not that fast. It's not fast enough for some industrial uh, usage and it's not scalable. Layer 2 networks, like, like for example, uh, Polygon or Arbitrum, are solving those problems with a certain algorithms and are able to be more scalable, more fast and cheaper. And this is basically Arbitrum, layer 2, similar to Polygon. There are different So what are the differences between Polygon and of, Arbitrum? I don't know. For example, Polygon is using now zero-knowledge algorithms. Arbitrum is using optimistic roll-ups, I think. So there are basically algorithmical differences. But for the end user, it's not that important because you don't see it really. It's, it's under the knee, under the surface, you know. So I think for the end user, the most well-adopted or the most well-connected that chain is, the better it is. So for Polygon and the Polygon is attaching, it has gone to places. It has yes. been yes. connecting with Decentraland and Metaverse and places. And yes. it, is very, it has a very good reach. So I think... Uh, in that way, Polygon would I know, be better. I know. And fun fact, yes. the Polygon chain and you started know the, in the, India. There are, I think there is in a Mumbai, Serbian guy as well who is who was the partner of the Indian guy as they develop it. So yeah, the smartest people in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> very good. But it's yeah. Sorry. What do you think? Well, I, I was saying, what do you it. think about Tezos? I never use it, so I, I really don't know. It is mostly I know that it's used for the artist, mostly, that it's very good for that. But I don't know the details, really. Yeah. Yeah, one in future episodes, we'll have a te person from the Tezos Foundation to talk about it. It's really very centered and uh, core to artists. So when I was giving lecture in the college... I showed them images first of uh, the board ape and asked them what is the price of this. Then, <laughs> then it was suppose eleven crore rupees. Uh, then it then I showed them yes. a Beeple's uh, Beeple's uh, piece. So one is a project, one is an artwork, and Beeple's piece was much much higher than a single board ape. So uh, around five hundred uh, sure. crore. So. Even those things are possible. Uh, so this way I thought of attracting, but in the recent conversation, I also wanted to, I also heard a very nice tip about showing the real artworks. Um, uh, this, these are digital artworks which can be owned. These are possible with Web3 only. 
Well, what are your views on art topic. space? Or no, no, I love this topic. I'm not maybe not uh, that deep into, and, and... into the world of art, but I generally really love art. And let me just give you an example. One of the NFT collections that we created, we prepared an in-real-life exhibition for that collection as well, and we invited everyone. So I wanted to taste the real-life art world as well and the combination between NFTs and the real life. And I learned a lot, by the way, uh, around that. I learned how far some artists are from the Web3 space, how um, the understanding of the Web3 space on the artist side is still not there yet. So there is a long way to go on one side. On the other side, I think Web3 space needs definitely artists because this is the, you know, if you prepare good food, people will eat good food if it's looking good. It, uh, am I right? So the best solution which you have will not help you if nobody wants it. And in the Web3 space, the artist arts is helping you to prepare the food <laughs> on the good way. <laughs> so that's why you need artists in the Web3 space for sure. Unfortunately, onboarding of artists is very difficult. I tried that and, and the understanding is... I don't know. It's it's very difficult. Yes, I understand why because they are in the in the different world. They are in the world of art, you know, and and they are trying to express themselves. And now somebody like professor is coming and telling them, "Hey, you have to learn about blockchain. What is blockchain? I want to express myself. I want to create. I don't care about blockchain." So, <laughs> that was my experience. You know, even that is fine. Even that is fine. They'll even learn and adopt yes. with blockchain. But the main problem for them is shilling. I don't yes. want to spend the six, seven hours a day shilling on and doing things which is usually yes. they which are which they are not used to in the traditional style, which they have curators and collectors to do that. So that is something new. Many of them are introverts, are not really uh, there to well, sell. You know, they are more on the creative side. You are one hundred percent on point. I think I, there is I a. Ask them to open the Twitter account because many of those artists that we were working with didn't have a Twitter account, and they told me why. I, I don't want. I don't need it. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> that's what you are telling me just now. It's absolutely yeah on point. Yeah, um, I think that will be solved. Uh, we have been working. I personally have been working with. Um, developing something which is more custodial, which they don't have to learn about these things. They can, they can directly start uh, creating and get yes. on the blockchain after the things are done, after the sales are done. So once this is more simplified, it's better. It is, it is better. So this is one of the aspect of the future. Uh, what do you think are the future potential of uh, blockchain and? Uh, I love what, blockchain. What, I love what NFTs, do you imagine? and I see a big future. Uh, even, even if we are not doing some kind of mass adaptions, you know, and even if there are no millions of users which will jump on the train and make millions, even in that case, the adaption will happen. Uh, the industries will use it because there are so big benefits, really huge benefits for the industries, for the for the businesses. They will use it as soon as they recognize the be the benefit. They will jump on the train. So that's why I see it like an internet situation. Two thousand one, everybody. I was teaching internet in two thousand one. Basics of the internet, <laughs> yes. And you know, 
everybody oh, was wow. very wow what is now what's going on what is internet and and same situation like we have today and a couple of years after that in 2010 or something like that nobody was discussing anymore about what kind of browser you need or whatever you you were just using it i think the same thing will happen with blockchain and we are not far away from that I'm very interested in knowing what were the questions yes. about internet. <laughs> I back posted then even in on on my Twitter account a couple of weeks ago. I don't know the contract. I found suddenly in my you know some kind of archivai some kind. I found the contract which I had with the university to teach the basics of the internet for the adults, because university was offering especially for adults which are already working somewhere, which are employed or want to be employed. in order to help them to jump on that new technological train and i had to explain them everything what is browser what is server what is you know what does it mean uh, www and the, all those kind of things yeah. but again the benefits point we said how to make them feel like making them have a attraction or inclination towards it how did you what did you say then for I, I them to have a more inclination towards internet i i showed web them examples again the web examples. and it's always depending on the on the person that i'm talking to for example if i'm talking to the mechanic guy who is repairing the cars i tell him the story about the blockchain where you can could write the mileage of your car without any possibility to change it So this means he can be sure if he is buying the car to sell it again to somebody else that the mileage is right. Today he has to trust to the guy who is bringing him the car, and it's immediately in his head. Okay, this would be great because now I'm sure that what I'm buying is really what what I want to buy. This is the only way. If we are telling them, yo, you know, this is the blockchain and transactions and mining and hash values, <laughs> what? How to do that? What's that? Can I eat that? you know so that's why you you have to make examples because then they understand it <laughs> uh seeing the current slowdown in in the whole space what are your comments on that and first let's let's how is make it going a conclusion or... very small conclusion you cannot stop revolution whatever is happening whatever is happening even if we have a criminals yeah. in the space even if we have a bad situations and the bear market and you know bad projects and rug pulls and scams and everything even that will not stop the revol revolution it will just slow it down of course because if you see the rug pulls which we have if you see the scams which are happening if you see the criminals which are running around of course everybody is careful don't want to invest thinking twice about everything and this is slowing everything down but don't worry this will change you know the markets are like this and we will again have the you know the situation that we are in the in the bull market so it will come so then Everything. what gets you most excited about blockchain the business use i i love to talk about the business cases i love to talk uh, to have a critical view about the projects which are today running in the space I like to tell them hey guys you don't really have a business case think about that I like to help the people to think about business cases 
For example, if you want to invest in the NFT, ask yourself, will this project exist in five years? Just this question. If you are sure, invest. If you are not sure, think twice. <laughs> and this is what, what I'm really keen. I want to understand how the businesses are working and what is, let's say, the best model, how to model the business around the Web3. Can you give us some examples of uh, German use case or how companies in Germany are, <laughs> Germany uh, have used this technology? So there are not ways. that many innovations in the Germany. But one case I can give, give it to you. There is a project called MetaBrew Society. Uh, it's an NFT project. And these guys are creating beer. So if you buy the NFT, you are buying like a piece of the brewery which is producing the beer. And you are getting as a, as a utility, I'm not sure how many, but lots of cans of beer, free of charge. And, and you can, you know, visit this brewery, you can uh, take, take part on the making the decisions like DAO and so on. So this is, for example, something which is very unique. I didn't see it anywhere in the world. And it's like a crowd, uh, crowd fund, funding of the Web2 business, let's say. And I like that a lot. This is a good example. It's innovative. You mentioned about car companies also doing this. Uh, what what are they doing? You called a German as a traditional business. I know it has been famous for yes. uh, family-owned businesses, which are which have gained international recognition for special craft beers or I, I was reading, uh -huh. I was hearing this episode on knives, chef knives, which are famous from one particular family, which go to us. So family owned businesses, which specialize and which are world famous in what they create. That is something that is, that comes out for Germany. Uh, Germany, German technology is also known for technology, uh, for cars, for its innovation, for its perfection in things. So, uh, to think of all that as traditional, yes, I, I was surprised. So, how do you? Let, let's uh, yeah. Let's. Why let do you me think that is still traditional? The German mentality, and I think it's okay that I talk about that because I'm living in Germany and I studied in Germany. So I studied uh, engineering in Germany. So I, I'm actually German engineer, and I can tell you what even although I'm not German. So, but I can tell you what is the mentality of German engineer. German engineers are not risking. They, they go deep into the detail. They understand the topics and then they create great things. There is no risk. It's a, just a science, you know, that's it. Purely science. And that's why they are very successful in the world. Because what a German engineer creates, you can be sure that it's science. <laughs> you know, it's, it's good. It's, a, you know, stable and everything. If we are talking about Web3 space, this is so early and so in the beginning that there cannot be the science which Germans need in order to be sure what they produce is really good. But they are playing with that. They are experimenting and they are learning. As soon as they learn, we can expect lots of unbelievable, interesting engineering things coming from Germany. But it takes time. If you talk about American engineers, for example, they are like a marketing guys, you know, ah, we have this solution, that solution, look at how great this is, sell it and, you know, <laughs> that's it. Germans are not working like that. Both is okay, nothing against that, but there are two different strategies. 
So that's why you see the all innovations coming from, from US and from these kind of countries and all stable technologies and great technologies are coming from Siemens kind of companies. You know what I mean? So that's why we will see the innovations, but not that early. They are learning. And as soon as they are finished with learning, we will be very surprised about the great topics. So I really like this aspect about how deep they go for the pure science and engineering. So that's why there are they don't cut corners for the sake of business or marketing. Um, and they're more into it. So maybe if you are starting a company, hire a marketing yeah. person from US Perfect combination. hire yes. a CTO Absolutely. from Germany. Yes. Awesome. So what else I what uh, else you, do you like everything. about the German culture? <laughs> My wife is German, so I have to be very careful if I say something which is which, which is not in line, you know, with German culture, she will kill me. So that's why I love German culture. No, no, I'm just kidding. German Germans are really good. I love the characteristics. You always know exactly what's going on. You have always the processes. If you are talking about the businesses, you know exactly which steps you have to follow. There are no surprises. There are no, you know, something from the side or whatever. What you see is what you get. But really, <laughs> you know, I love that. I really love that. And I, I need that. And I'm trying to implement this in my company as well. I like respectful culture, which Germans have. You know, they are, for example, my daughter was working in the bakery and the first first lessons which they got as a new employee was that she, she should first smile as soon as customer is coming into the store. This is the first point. And second point, any kind of private discussion with a colleague should be stopped in that moment as the customer is coming into the store. And you see, these are just two very small examples showing the mentality. You know, I'm showing the respect to my customer because he's... I'm living from that customer, so I have to show him this expect, respect, and this is great. And these are the you know details which I really really love, love and which I try to to put in or to, to to use in my company as well. That's such a beautiful example. Yeah, we we can learn from all of these. Like the devil is in the details, or as you go into the details. Uh, the whole experience enhances for everybody and ultimately resulting in sales. So I really, I really love that aspect. I studied German, as right. I was telling you in German, I studied German for two years in school. Uh, I, it was on my bucket list after, after I gave a speech at NFT London. And after that, I had planned to come to Germany, but the visas thing went a different way. So it has just been postponed so beautiful I want to area, go to the yes, Black Forest. Yes. <laughs> and you, you know, have Black... to visit Hamburg. You have to visit Hamburg as well. It's totally Black different, Fo but it's great. Yes. Absolutely. So Black Forest has become a, a cake, a pastry a delicacy in India. So a dark chocolate cake is called Black yes. Chocolate. Uh, Black Forest cake here. I don't know other part of the world or no. Uh, but that and uh, even even the German history um, and I, I see a lot of parallels with Germany and Japan uh, because after the war there the people had to take it on themselves to grow. 
so everyone was very focused and dedicated to business and helping each other and getting the whole economy on track and with that whole force they actually went ahead of yes. many of the other countries so uh, what are the working ethics do you, if you talk about work ethics what are the top work ethics do you see in, oh this, uh, they have German lots of ethics people. one of those was just as, as i mentioned the, the customer is let's say you have to respect the customer and you have to understand that you are there for the customer and not the other way around so this is very important another very important topic and i'm trying to to implement that in my company as well is identification with the company german people are very identified with the company you know if they are working somewhere they are treating it like it's belonging to them there is a no difference you know it's he knows that if the company is doing well he will have a good job and he will have good salary and he can uh, develop himself and that's why he is you know treating everything like it's belonging to him i love that and trust me this is not that common in the world and the people are some many people are you know just separating the company and their own life which is fine but at the end it's not that easy to separate because at the end you are depending on the company and company is depending on you so it's like a marriage at the end and germans understand it exactly like that they understand it like a marriage and i, I like that a lot i like that a lot So on average how much time does in one Germany? person spend in the same company To be company? honest I don't know but I can tell you about the friends which I have and so let's say the the environment which is surrounding me I don't know the person which changed the company below 5 or 6 years not the one the most friends which I have they are changing maybe once in 20 years or something like that usually they are changing it after the school because they have a, there is a special way of schooling in germany where you are working and going to school at the same time mostly two or three years or sometimes four years in many cases they change the 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 employer at that moment as they finish the school and then in many cases they stay for long long time in that one company you know why as this question is in in japan they treat the companies as family like my cousins have been there and their friends have been there and they're telling about the culture there they will 15 hours 16 hours they'll spend with the people in the company yeah. even go for parties with the same employee company after that so for them for for them to some fire somebody is very difficult or to have somebody new join in is gets very difficult for them at these times in japan but in us it's completely yes. more individualistic right uh, they are more focused on themselves and uh, personal advancement in career and you keep, like this is a quote from the pepsi ceo uh, don't stay at the same job for more than 3 years keep switching uh, and so on yeah. so i was trying to gauge on what In, in I think I, I can talk about my on. personal strategy. So it's very difficult for me to say that everybody is like that. But I can talk about myself. So I'm trying to educate my people in my company that you have a better chances in your life if you stay somewhere for longer time. And I can tell you from the perspective of the of the company employer, if I see that somebody is for longer time with me. I can push him on a certain levels on the certain topics to grow and to develop himself 
But I need time for that. I, I need to see what are the strengths of that person. Is he better in this area or in that area? If I see it, I can push him. But you cannot see that after one year or two years because he just started. I don't know how good is he and how deep is he going in some topics, technical topics. I need time for that. So if the guys give me time, I can give him back a lot of, you know. So that's why, that's why longer time is always better from my point of view. Peter, now it's time for the signature round. But before that, I want to ask you a question. Uh, looking back at your career, with an example, can you ex um, tell us what was a very challenging problem that you faced and how <laughs> oh, did you solve it? Like I joined, I, I was, arrived in Germany uh, without any money, nothing. So zero money. I didn't speak German language, nothing, not one word. And I had to do something with my life. I didn't have, I was 18. How just, old were just you? Just finished 18 uh, birthday. So, and then starting something, finding the power, let's say, for example, to study and to work at the same time. So I was studying during the day and working in the night, not all week, complete week, but on several days, most, mostly on the weekends. This was very difficult. This was very difficult. And I, I was thinking several times, you know, to, to throw away everything and, and to stop it because you are on the limits. You are physically on the limit. You are from the mentality, mental point of view on the limits. This was very difficult. But if you su survive these kind of things, you learn that there is nothing that you cannot reach. You can reach everything. You just have to put your efforts, your focus and to go for that. That's what I learned. Wow. So, like in such a huge career, just the initial, just the first steps were difficult for you. So, anybody in this listening who is in their first steps, you just cross them and then it's, then those challenges yes. are not as difficult exactly. as the first steps. Exactly. Is what and I'm getting from your... I, another point which I can give share. to the people, just trust in yourself. You are not less good than somebody else. You are as, at least that good as all everybody else maybe even better so trust that you are good and go for it that's it amazing um when you are one more sure it retail side question how what tips do you have for b2b business or b2b marketing yes. because that's what uh, you are into don't be afraid of that <laughs> So I was first afraid of that business because everybody is telling you B2B is very difficult and it's, you know, very special. No, it's not. At the end, these are the people and the business is done between two person always, even if it's B2C, even if it's, uh, I don't know, direct to customer or whatever. It's always, always business is always relationship between two person. And don't be afraid of it and create relationships. As soon as you create rela relationships, the business will come by itself. That's it. So in B2B, when you're talking, representing a company and you're talking to somebody else who is representing a business and not just themselves, how do you start the making the relationship like right from the cold calling phase to later on sure i don't do like cold that. Uh, call, calls and these kind of things and i think every salesperson don't like that 
But what I can share with the people which are just starting now, after some years, you don't need to do that because you, you gain the reputation and the customers knows that we are existing. They know what we are doing. And actually, there is not that many calls that we have to do it on that way. And even if we do it, people usually know, uh-huh, that's the company doing this and that. And we have already good starting point. So this means uh, for everybody else who maybe don't have this kind of years of experiences like we do, uh, you need to, to earn the respect. And today it's very easy to do that because you have LinkedIn, you have social medias. And by posting the content, which is showing your competencies, you can earn respect. So you should not expect that somebody accept you as a specialist in something without showing him that you have uh, a spe speciality and knowledge and everything what is needed. So don't underestimate the social networks. They are a great way to show your competencies and to earn respect. As, sh as soon as you earn the respect, it will be easier to connect with the customers and even they will connect with you because you have something which they need. If the customer don't have the problem, if he don't need you, whatever you do will not be successful. <laughs> so this means you cannot create demand. This is like, a from my point of view, based on my experiences, lie. Either you have the problems with your shoes and they are small and you need the bigger shoes or you don't have problems with your shoes. If you don't have, I cannot, I, I, there's no chance that I convince you, but you need the new shoes. You don't need new shoes, maybe, you know? <laughs> so, but if you have a problem with the shoes and you have a hole somewhere in the shoes, then you will for sure look for the new shoes. Hmm. Very interesting. So uh, we got to find people who That's need the point. Uh, shoe replacement. That's the point, my friend. Uh, so this means go uh, there where the customers are, talk with them, ask them if they have a problems or which problems do they have. Reflect on that on yourself. Can you help them to solve that problem? If yes, you are in the business. If no, try to, to find another customer. <laughs> exactly. Let's go. Let's go. That's the point. Yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So sure. time for the signature questions. Name three people, name three people living or dead that you would like to have lunch Ooh. with. Elon Musk is the number one. Trump is number two. Although I don't like what he is doing in his way, but I would love to lunch with him. Um, number three. Oh, two are more than enough, I think. <laughs> third, third one is... Well, well, you're not going. You're not going together not with all time. of them. It's not the same. But time. I would love to talk to Elon Musk and to Trump. I would like to understand those people. Yes. And Third one. I have to do one. Third one. Okay. Must... It's okay. Living or living or dead. Nikola Tesla, genius guy, genius guy. Yes. Hmm. All right. So. Yeah. This is the second part of this question. What <laughs> questions would you ask them? Ooh, very good question. Ellen, I would ask to explain me a little bit more the Twitter strategy because I don't understand it. Certain points. I would love to understand it. Trump, I would like to ask what is his secret? 
because this guy has something which is real power. I don't like how he's acting, but the way how he's, uh, I don't want to say manipulating, but somehow he is doing that. The masses, this is extraordinary. And I would love to understand how he is doing that. And Nikola Tesla, I would ask to explain me the fields, I mean magnetical fields, because I never understood them in, during my studies. <laughs> so this would, I think this would be mind-blowing. Yes. Wow, let's go. So Elon Musk is going to be coming to really? the show on 22nd November. Oh, nice. So stay tuned. Yeah, Very good. Really. Get me into the discussion. I want to ask him some things to understand. This would be great. <laughs> yeah, comment, comment, comment questions that you would like yeah. to ask Elon Musk. So, yeah, even even Trump, I have read his book. I've been following before he had become the president. And I really like the business side of him and with the confidence and with the firmness, he gets uh, things done around him. There was a, a journalist talking about a situation. Um, you're telling when I talked to Obama, I asked him how there's so much storm in the office and even in that storm, you are so cool. How do you do that? So then, <laughs> then he asked the same question to Trump. So what Trump replies is, <laughs> I am this, the storm. Yeah, yeah. This, this could be the secret, you know, ingredient for his success. Yeah, I would love to talk to him. I would love to understand some things and to analyze it, let's say, because I don't understand lots of things that he did and, and doing. So I, I like to go, you know, around the things and to understand what is under the surface. He, I read his book, The Art of the Deal. And from that and from what we have been seeing is he, he never backs down, you know. He always goes down here and yeah. fighting for all his cases and... Uh, even case as in his business cases before uh, before he was president, uh, he really does that, and he's really very confident. What I love about both of these people is their inner drive and so much self confidence they have in what they are doing and what they are uh, they do. I just love yeah. that from both of these people. Nikola Tesla, I don't know much about uh, that. But um, he didn't end up well. That's but you know, I know. We, uh, one important point: we would not to... be able to talk as we are talking now without Nikola Tesla. So he is the main guy who is, let's say, guilty for the infrastructures that we are using today. So <laughs> genius guy, really genius guy. Mm. So what do you think? Have you studied both sure, the lives of Nikola sure. Tesla? Nikola and, uh, Tesla is editions? coming from the regions where I am from, let's say. And he's very, very famous engineer, uh, developing lots of very famous patents around magnetical fields, uh, around uh, uh, transmission of the, of the waves and these kind of things, electricity or uh, transmission of the electricity over longer, longer distances. So he is, you know, the, 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 if you have the TV and you have the remote uh, control of the TV, this is his uh, patent, actually. So you would not be able to use it without his uh, uh, patents and ideas. So he's an unbelievable genius guy. There's, there's one more I like about Nicola that I remember back of the head is he created a straw 
where you can just the the flow only comes one way. You cannot go. You cannot flip it and yeah. uh, suck from the other end. He had created this looping design. It 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 is like this, something like that. It goes. So it is, uh, and the more you add to it, the more difficult it becomes to flow from the other side. So that has been used in any many other industries. So my question about was comparison with them. What was the difference between Thomas Edison and uh, Nikola Tesla? Both both these guys were amazing innovators, but Edison's, what he he did was a guy lack, who yeah. stole some uh, patents from Nikola Tesla. Very simple. Who he put his label on 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 the on on those patents and he sold them as his own. So, but smart guys, all of them. So all of them are genius for sure. So are we coming back to the same point? Americans are good at business and marketing and people who are coming from this region are exactly. specifically just focused on the engineering <laughs> yeah, and good. technology. Yes, exactly. This is the same point. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So good. So you got to learn business from the Americans or get a American partner. All right. What was a life-changing advice that you received? Life-changing ah, I can show you. R. Be who exactly. you. This R. is the only only thing. Yeah. The only thing. If you want to sell something, if you want to win the lady to spend the life with you if you want to whatever you want just be who you are this is the magic and you are beautiful already so that's that's the point don't try to be something else yeah be yourself because the other <laughs> yes. one has already taken you know but there is a lots of lots of philosophy <laughs> inside because there is a philosophy uh, to be self confident for example to trust yourself to love yourself all these kind of things so this means be mm. who you are don't be afraid that you say who you are don't be afraid to say your opinion this this is like philosophy which you know it made click in my head if i got this this kind of advice you know i've been working on this because uh, that has been an issue with me also self esteem and self confidence i have issues of going into depression and self doubt and finding no meaning in life i usually tell them on spaces um it has become much better with medicines and many other things but affirmations i really came across this book called artist way and one of the tools is self affirmations like what do you want to do you just exactly. tell that exactly. to yourself day and night and it actually yeah. switches the way you think and second thing which i did was i if you read my twitter bio i call myself the world's best podcast host nft artist so right. yeah why not and you you can so, become that yes you are that already are and you will become even more popular and known by that so yes i totally encourage that yes the, so there are podcast hosts and there are nft artist but both these skills together i think i'm clearly the best i don't see anybody else so uh so that was a good step in increasing yeah. my self confidence you know instead of thinking about what others would say or does it sound too cocky i was like uh let me start believing in it and it's actually a yes. fact so why not uh, and that's how 
that's how the be yourself uh, be who you are comes in uh, so i really like that quote and that advice yeah cheers to that by the way how do you say cheers in german, in german? Uh, zum wohl zum wohl wohl zum wohl exactly wohl means good feeling something like that like healthy good feeling something like that and zum means you should have a good feeling something like that zum wohl feel good like that <laughs> all right what was the most precious gift you received as a in your life i think my children i have four of them and this is the most valuable what i have I don't have anything which is more valuable than that. All right. Fair enough. Um I don't know I'll be exp- able to I am not still sure on if I want to go there or no This will happen. Yeah, I think that's uh You will see this will happen. Even if you don't plan <laughs> it will happen or it will not happen. Everything is okay. And so <laughs> don't worry. Yeah but I'm very I'm very good with kids you know my niece nephews are really enjoy and have a good time with me they are, they should see I I really feel happy when they come running to me whenever they see me coming or something like that that's a very yes. nice feeling so on basis of that I can assume You know it's thought the okay. life change in in the moment as you uh, uh, become the children get the children it the life change because your focus change you know you think about the things what you are doing twice you are doing more things for them as well and you know all these things are changing in that moment hmm hmm focus changes from yourself to them there's somebody else yes, who is more exactly. important than yourself yes. uh maybe in those terms okay uh what do you like to do for fun <laughs> blockchain to develop to programming so i have a lots of hobbies i love to run you see over there so i was going to ask you are yes, those I marathon medals marathons uh, i had to stop now due to health issues but wow. i'm training now again i hope end of the year in amsterdam to uh, to run the next one so i'm doing my 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 best in the moment to train again to lose some weight and so on so this is what i love i love to pro- develop software I love the problems and the to create the, the the process of the creation of the solutions for the problems and this is software development actually and as soon as I have time I I do that and I love to create businesses I love the I to create the ideas of the businesses and even then to implement them some of them I implement some of them I just write in the book and today I have a book with I don't know 150 ideas and if I if I check those ideas I cannot read the idea you know which I had 5 uh, months ago <laughs> because you know I write it just very fast just don't forget it and then a couple of weeks later I'm not able to read it <laughs> but I have it so it's okay so yeah that's what I do in free time you know I also get a lot of ideas and I'm thinking of putting it out for free like a daily tweet or a thread or a video free with make NFT because make these NFT are good ideas <laughs> oh yeah that's a good idea make nft of those business ideas yeah you know just uh, a segue comment there are so many ribbons on your medals <laughs> yes, I... there that you can actually 
they, that you can actually stitch them together sure. and make a t-shirt. I'm not, I'm not sure how many of them there are, but I'm usually, if I'm running, uh, I'm, I'm doing following. I had to travel a lot. And in some some months ago, I, I, I traveled, or years ago, I traveled even more due to business reasons. And I tried always to combine the uh, uh, races and business uh, trips. So that's why I have medals from Shanghai, from China, from, I don't know, from Dubai, from uh, many different countries of the world. And that's why it's an international collection of medals. <laughs> but I, I heard the fact that person who runs uh, marathons never gets a heart attack. I mean, but even one. Uh, so well, what are your reasons? interrupt you, but it's not really true because I can tell you also the sad story. Uh, three years ago, I wanted to run marathon in Paris. And in order to run that marathon, you have to go to the medical check. And I did that. And they found that I have problem with my heart. And after a couple of weeks oh, after no. that, or months after that, I got the pacemaker. So that's why I had to stop running. And now I'm starting again. And in, in uh, October this year, I would love to run my first marathon with pacemaker. So I'm not giving up. So the pacemaker will increase <laughs> you know, your pace. I'm hacker, you know, I will hack it on the mobile phone or something like that. So, <laughs> so that's why I run like a rocket. <laughs> Let's go. So they, I, I did a 10K marathon. That's it. I, I still have, I have to do full. But I'm swimming these days. So maybe on a bucket list could be an Ironman. This like swimming, nice. running and cycling. Uh but that's a long term. But you can do <laughs> you can achieve that. Why not? It's okay. <laughs> You'll have to spare years, I probably months or years training on that because it's a whole it lifestyle, is, yes. right? So many hours. The races itself is of 10, 15, 16 hours. So you have to practice four, five, six hours daily. I, I have a huge respect be in the ship. Uh, uh, towards Ironman and, and these kind of races. Huge respect. Even marathon is very difficult. But if I have to add on top cycling and swimming, uh, I don't know. I, I could not do that. So it, it would be very difficult for me. <laughs> All right. What's on your bucket list I next? want to go to Africa to see the gorillas in the real life. <laughs> this is what I want to do. I'm even in the moment looking about the possibilities, how to make the traveling and everything. I wanted to do that two years ago, but then we had a COVID and everything has to stop. But now I'm planning, I will do that. So you want to see the but apes the getting bored? <laughs> you know, not the JPEGs, but in real life. And I will do that, yes. Okay. Um, what is your favorite movie? Dead Poet Society. <laughs> Professor Keating. <laughs> yeah. Check this movie if you have a chance. This what, is a beautiful is your... movie, really. I have seen it, but I'm not able to record it back of the head. These group go in a tunnel after the school and uh, share poems with each other. That's all I can remember. But I have to rewatch it it's once again. It's a beautiful to, movie uh, about a professor teaching poetry, English poetry, and teaching, let's say, the guys to become the real mans, like, you know, with everything what is belonging, respect, and all those values which you have to have in the life. So it's really, really good. Nice movie. 
Awesome. What is your favorite food? <laughs> I told you a couple of seconds ago that I have to lose some weight. This means I love everything. I love Indian food, curries. I love them. Butter chicken. I I was eating it every every day in, in, in Dubai as I lived. I love Thai food. I could die for Thai food. So I love everything from food is my thing, you know. So you like, like spicy? More Indian more... spicy. This is different. So not that German. What what is your favorite German uh, dish? Br- bratwurst. What what does your wife cook <laughs> the best? Huh? But it's not, you know, there is a speciality called bratwurst. It's a you know, barbecue and it's a piece of meat actually. And it's great. I love it, but it's not really cooked. It's a just like a barbecue on the on the uh, you know, it's a uh, yeah, meat. But my wife is cooking very good. You cannot see it now on the camera, but I can tell you. And we are cooking at home more internationally because I, I love to cook as well. She learned to cook Croatian and Serbian dishes as well. So that's why we are trying to cook everything more or less internationally. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Hamburg is also a very yes. multicultural city, I believe. It's the tech, uh, the financial actually, center, it's tech a, center no, of Germany. No, actually it's Germany. a harbor. One of the biggest and, and most important harbors in Germany and even in, in Europe and, and surrounding. And because of that, we have a lots of people coming from abroad. Lots of people, lots of foreigners and so on. And this created a very special flair of the, of the city. Very international. And, you know, everybody's welcome. And you have a lots of international parties and, and happenings, events and so on. Cultural, it's a very, very developed city. There are so many different uh, exhibitions and, you know, music is very big in the city and this kind of, st- of, of, of things. So I think it's a, even maybe the cultural center of the Germany, I would like to say. Even more than Berlin, from my point of view. Yeah, uh, both are on my bucket list. Let's plan in definitely in a couple of years. Uh, can we host, a, you said galleries, yes. right? So is it possible to plan in maybe coming months uh, um, a gallery in Germany, in Hamburg, for the audience who we connect on spaces who would like to exhibit? I, I have to check. I'm not that involved in the in the happenings and I'm, I don't know the owners of the gallery, but I know people which could know somebody. So I, we, may, we can talk about that, sure. Mm. Why not? Awesome. All right. What are you curious about? Technologies. Uh, solving of the problems, technological problems, creating solutions. I'm very curious about that. I want to know how the things are working. As I was small, I was opening the radio, radios and TVs in order to see what's going on inside. And if I, I put them back together, I was always some parts. I had always some parts which were not really needed <laughs> somehow, maybe. <laughs> so I, I love to understand how the things are working. That's, that's what I am curious about. What gets you excited about the future? Uh, Yeah, I'm expecting that the future will be good. I'm optimistic because in the moment everybody thinks, of course, uh, there is a war going on in in Ukraine. There is a bad crisis in the financial environment. And it's very difficult to be optimistic and positive. 
I see the things which are very optimistic. I see the uh, startups which are created like never before. I see the ideas which are coming up, popping up like never before. I see the, the new technologies and new concepts of the businesses like never before. And we just need to, to, to jump on that train and it will be good. And I'm excited about that, that future, which I, I think to see at least. Yeah, there's so much to look forward to with these technologies coming in. It just opens up a new horizon and a space to work on and to be the first person in there uh, and have the first mover's advantage. So I totally yeah. agree with that. So uh, you, you mentioned about war. Germany comes in the news many times because of the oil pipeline from Russia and these things. So how, how are things in Germany? And I really have to appreciate people of Germany for giving um, space or home to so many uh, Ukrainian people who had to leave their countries and come. I know many people who are still living in Germany who are artists and who I get to interact to on spaces. So uh, hats off for that. Uh, but in general, how is the how is the economy or the situation there in in relation very to the difficult, war very difficult very difficult question so i i can again just give you my view let's say about everything because you know probably the other people may have a different views so first i think whatever kind of violence is created towards other people that's not good whoever is doing it in whatever country so definitely i'm very pacifistic I'm for the peace and for the love and for the cooperation and for all these things. And I don't like if somebody is uh, doing something bad towards other people. That's, that's one very important point. And I try to surround myself with the people which see uh, the things same like I do, which are fighting for the peace and which are not fighting for the political you know, targets or whatever. So for me, it's important to be who you are, have a freedom to do what you want to do, to say what you want to say, and that's it. And, and keep, let's say, peace on the planet. That's what I like. Happily, or, or I have to be, or I am happy to be able to find many people around me which are thinking on the same way. So there are lots of people which are thinking like I am thinking, and uh, I think these are the people which will create the better future. So that's why I can just give you advice, surround yourself with people which see, not to you advice, but generally to, to our audience, surround yourself with people which are, uh, uh, let's say, peaceful and optimistic and which are pushing you to your heights to help you to, to move forward and not Surround yourself not with people which are, you know, pulling you back with the dark things and, and bad situation and, <clears throat> you know, all these kind of things. Generally speaking, I see very positive environment in Germany. I see young people which don't care about, you know, politics and all these kind of things, which want the same, see the say, they see the same values like I do. And I think they will push the country even more in the good future. So that's what I see. Amazing. So for viewers who are listening to you, who could be your potential customers who are looking forward for fiscal or uh, solutions like that, uh, what would you like to say to them and what all things can uh, you help them out? I, I can just share with them the vision which I have. 
So, and this is the, the way how I'm managing my company and how I'm create, creating the, the company. I'm using that vision to do that. So my vision is that the companies like, for example, Tesco are calling me and asking me, hey, Darko, we have to open the store in Zimbabwe. Can you help us? Uh, only that fact means following. This means that they accept us as a somebody who has the knowledge to be able to help them. This means they recognize our specialties, our knowledge, our experiences and everything what we have. And we are working towards that target. We are not yet there. Of course, many companies already knows us, but I would like to earn that respect from those big companies and those people. And that's what that's the vision which we have. Okay. This is, I think, the big, the big vision <laughs> and how everybody is fighting in our company for. Absolutely. Let's get the message across as too many, as many places as possible. Uh, one more thing on the same lines you mentioned about POS solution. I mean, I'm just seeing your LinkedIn post and there are a couple of posts related to POS solutions, cloud POS solution. What does that mean? Uh, uh, yes. And how is it in fiscal environment? Yeah, this, the, the, the problem of the fiscal environment, let's say, or different laws which are existing in different countries uh, is that those laws are sometimes forcing the retailers to use the certain hardware components. So you have to install a piece of hardware which is doing like a wallet, for example, digital signature of every transaction. If you have this kind of piece of hardware, then it's very difficult to install the software somewhere in the cloud and then to use the local installed uh, hardware. So this is a big issue. So what we are working in the moment, we are working on the solutions, technical solutions, where you can connect to the, those fiscal devices, how we call them, in the stores out of the cloud. So this means you have the cloud installed maybe somewhere in data center in Germany or whatever, and your store is running, for example, in Honduras or in India or in Thailand or wherever. And if the government is forcing the companies to use the uh, hardware, for example, fiscal hardware in those countries, our solution should be able to use that, to do that. And you can imagine that there, is a lots of, there are lots of uh, uh, problems which are related to that challenges like internet connections, like, you know, backup of the data and to ensure that data are transmitted and all these kind of things. So we are now doing the, the migration of our solution into the cloud environment so that we are able to do that, everything what we are using or doing today on the local level to do it in the cloud. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so that leads me to one other sure. question. Which country is infamous for doing it? Uh, China putting in their own components in the hard, uh, the products that they create and shipping it and spying on people and stuff like that. Have you had an experience of working with the Chinese companies yes. or so, doing something yes, in China? China I, I was personally several times in China. I am even learning Chinese <laughs> so just, just to show you. Uh, because I, by the way, before 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 then before you answer yes. that, do Chinese people write code in Mandarin or in English? There are two different ways. You can uh, write the traditional letters, let's say, 
and then it's it's a Mandarin traditional letters, or you can write in pidgin, pidgin, or the, how they call them. It's a Latin letters which are like pronunciation of the signs of Chinese signs. So if you are learning Chinese, you have to learn both. No, I'm do- I'm, I'm talking about coding. The ah. software is written in which language? English for sure. Of course, because programming language is English. That's 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 common all all around yes. the world. Even though it's sometimes China, they command in in Chinese, and this can be a problem. So if you see the commands, you know, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but coming right. back so to coming China, back to the question, yes. yeah. Uh, to be honest, first time I was in China four or five years ago, something like that, and I was very very surprised how developed that country is. In the Western part of the world, I thought, or we thought, we think in the Western part of the world that China is not that developed. But as I was there, as I saw the robots which are serving me in the restaurant, as I saw the trains which are running like uh, rockets around, (laughs) let's say, with some kind of of advertisement on the windows and these kind of fancy things, I was so surprised. And then I saw the cars, which are same like our cars, very modern and beautiful and everything fine. But those brands, I never heard about them. So these are the brands which are just local, let's say. Then I understood, first, the country is very, very developed. Second, they don't need us. We need them, (laughs) basically, for sure. And these guys are very, very smart. And we can learn a lot from them. So I started, uh, I was there for several weeks and months even to, to understand how their businesses are run over there. I had a several companies which teach me how the retail is done over there because we created a certain kind of consultancies so that we are consulting the retailers which want to open the store in China, how to do it. Because there are very special laws over there, technical laws, which are you know influencing the technology of the retailer. And somebody has to tell the retailer, if you want to open the store in China, be careful, you have to do it like this and that in order to be compliant with those laws which are existing there. So we learned that, we create the consulting packages around the China, and today we are helping the retailers if they want to open the stores over there. So I'm very, wow. it's, a, it's a beautiful country. It's a, the people are great. So. So you have a great reach. How many countries are you operating in? Uh, from the company point of view, we are we have the solution for 22 countries plus metaverse, which we are doing now. So it's a wow. quite good base. China is amazing. Uh, I got to interact with some smart, very smart people over there. I did an exhibition that I curated an exhibition in China called Colors of I know, Joy. I know. We, we were part uh, which of you might have seen following. Yeah, you have participated yeah. in. So that was one of the way for entrance in China and uh, presenting works there. And I really want to give shout out to the team of Neil Gallery and the team that developed uh, DOID. That's also another innovation. So through channel of Web3s and art, we are able to bridge uh, gaps between China and other outside world, which which had barriers because of language or several other reasons of politics or the restrictions on apps they use and so on and so forth. So yeah, cheers to that. I hope everything gets better. Uh, next question is regarding security. Yes. 
so what india has done i don't know about other things but even even though chinese have amazing apps and products 100 or so apps are banned in india like tiktok and all and joe rogan was telling on his podcast about what all permission tiktok takes uh, on your phone when you sign in right from seeing your what patterns of actions you use to reading your file names to reading the file types and so apps you have installed and even having access to a different computer that is not uh, connected to tiktok so uh, do you what do you think about this what is your stand on this uh, I, about using this tell, or not using this i will tell you something or... now maybe the audience will kill me after that but i i usually see some things maybe a little bit different i will show you what i'm using to read my books this is kindle you know it from sure from amazon this is american company amazon uh, producing such a readers and i'm using it so this means american guys knows exactly what i'm reading when i'm reading when i'm using it and so on point 1 point 2 this is gps watch which i'm using for running it's a gps based gps is you know who is the owner of the satellites gps so this means the guys who are owning the satellites know exactly when i am running how i am running what i'm doing and so on and i am even tracking my food and calories and everything in there because it's okay for me so this means what i wanted to show you there is a no chance today to isolate yourself unless you don't accept the technology which is around you even then it will be difficult because if you walk around your neighbor has a camera maybe which is connected over internet which is from the security point of view tracking you know what's happening in front of his door so this means no other way than either you are connected or 100% disconnected if you disconnect you will not you 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 will not be able to live no on a normal normal life anymore because you want to be part of the what's happening you want to check what's going on on social networks you want to send a message to your mother father friend and so on and this is happening online whatever is happening online can be tracked there is no anonymity on the on in the space even if you think that the blockchain is something where you can use it anonymously you can't because in order to access internet you need internet provider an internet provider knows exactly on which address you lives who you are and what you are doing in internet so what we are talking about about bad chinese about bad americans about bad germans it's you know it's all uh... it's all all it's everything same so it's it's our free choice to decide shall we be part of the technology and the world as it is today or not that's it only thing that i sorry just to finish one point only thing which i think it's really not fair it's not fair not to tell the people that you are doing that so if amazon is taking my my data i should know that it's like that and i should accept it and i should tell them fine do it then it's okay but if they are stealing my data i don't like that hmm you know what i mean yeah totally and to ordinary people who don't really go into that agreement and nobody signs and reads everything so getting off the internet is not a choice because for living and it's become very really? essential yes so ensure like how would you strike a balance between being secure and not being under the pressure of being watched education is the key you should learn how to delete some things 
you should learn that there are cookies on your on your system and that you can delete them. And if you delete them, nobody can track what you're doing, at least partially not. And if you know how the things are working, you know which button you should press in order to give the rights that somebody is using your data or not. So the key is the knowledge. That's what I see. Uh, what do you think about VPNs and the, the Tor system of connecting to the internet? Uh, there are two, two views, let's say. First, it's good to use them. It's okay because partially they are making you more or less hidden. Let's call it like that. So you could feel more safe to do something because people will not know that you are actually behind. But never forget at your home or with your mobile phone in order to connect with any kind of VPN tunnel, you have to, to use the internet provider. An internet provider knows that Professor John Keating, Darko Pavic, is just now dialing in and using the, you know, getting the IP address and using the internet. So this means the VPNs are partially okay, but then they will not save you. Let me give you a short story. I will do commit uh, like what is the right right word. I will tell you the story how I paid a fine because I watched the movie which I downloaded from the internet. <laughs> okay, it was movie called. I forgot the name. Never mind. So it was a movie that I downloaded. Great one. I watched it. Couple of weeks after that, I got the fine. 300 euro because I downloaded via uh, some kind of torrent tool uh, and I was using VPN, definitely. But it didn't help me because the internet provider knew my IP address and it was easy to connect the IP address with physical address and it was easy to track back who downloaded the software. And I pay the fine. And so VPN is basically having your IP to some other computer which is accessing the internet. But when it comes to Tor, it bounces off many different IPs and it sort of gets lost bouncing in it. So what are your views on Tor? It is a bit slow, but... I'm using then... it from time to time and it's good. But you should not think that if something... Uh, let's say more criminal is happening around you and around that connection that people cannot track you. You everybody can track you as well. So, but not the normal user. So I could not be able to track somebody who is using Tor, but some specialists and some real good guys, police or whomever, they would be able to track track back and to find the IP address, even if you are using Tor. Mm. Yeah. So you're being watched no matter what. Uh, be careful in what you do. They can yes. be used for things that are that are having political restrictions or something like that, for freedom of speech or some regular things that you want to do anonymously. Uh, so that's what I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think freedom of, of speech is very important, but it has to be respectful. It's okay to say whatever you like, whatever you want, but with respect to other people, to other humans, to other, uh, you know, whatever. So that's why I don't, I'm not afraid to say what I mean, but I'm very careful where am I saying what, <laughs> you know. If I, I, I used to live for six, six years in Dubai, of course, and there are some points where I don't agree with the Dubai government. But on the other side, I love the Dubai and the way how you are able to live over there. So there are always positive and negative things. But, you know, I didn't go around and telling everybody, I don't like this, I don't like that. 
why should I do that? It's my free choice to decide if I want to live in that country or not. It was my choice. Some other people may be, don't have a choice. This is differently. But I had a choice. So that's why, you know, freedom of speech, yes, but with respect. All right. Let's talk about Metaverse. You mentioned Metaverse many times. Um, what is your view on Metaverse and where it's heading? First of all, Metaverse has got many meanings and definitions. What is your meaning and definition? <laughs> I love that. Metaverse is, for me, the virtual environment with social and economic components. Uh, combined, at the end, with a new way of entertainment in order to attract the people. And that's it. So it's a virtual environment with social and uh, economic components with entertainment used to attract the people. And this is, for me, Metaverse. But how is it different from Web2? Uh, there is this is a big big uh, because the same uh, misunderstanding all those things that you said can be done with the web 2 or web 2.5 also right this is big misunderstanding metaverse doesn't mean that it's web 3 there are metaverses which are totally web 2 for example from from facebook from meta uh, it's totally web 2 because it's controlled by one company it's not it's a des it's a centralized it's everything what is typical for web 2 but it's still metaverse. It's still virtual environment with social components and economical topics and issues and with entertainment inside. On the other side, you have or other example would be Roblox. It's also not, not Web3. Uh, on the other side, you have typical examples like Decentraland or Sandbox, which are actually metaverses, which are Web3 because they are decentralized and even on the blockchain and so on. So this means if you're talking about metaverse, it's a, you should not have to say mix it with Web two or Web three. These are totally different areas. Okay, all right. So how do you see it evolving? Do should we really wait for the goggles to come in or uh, just I, access it? I think no need to to wait for the three D. Uh, uh, glasses or something like that to help you to, to see the virtual reality or augmented reality. Already now you can use it. If you take the sandbox, for example, you can jump into the sandbox and you are able to run the business over there. You are able to entertain yourself, to enjoy the concerts, to, to talk to people and so on. So I think the technology that we have today is already enough to create this kind of social feelings and, and everything around that. Of course, the level of, of enjoyment will be higher if the systems are more immersive, if you can really enjoy everything as if you were there. So this is, of course, uh, more nice, let's say. But the, the technology is already far away and, and the concepts can already now be implemented. Awesome. All right. So uh, it was a great conversation with you. Many more topics and rabbits hole to uncover further. Um, and you talked about metaverse. I want to say you and the audience, I've been working on a project with 3D objects. So you could use those 3D objects and put in your metaverse, show it there. It can be also used as an AR, as a filter. So that will be a stay tuned. You can follow Instagram and Twitter nice. to see the updates on that but it's fun silly and uh, humor i like to add comedy in that so uh, that is there in this 
um thank you so much professor for sharing your insights it was really great having you and uh, knowing about so many things today so thank you so much uh, what what are your parting words for the audience today what are you what the last sentence or something like that you mean right? parting words how would you like to conclude or anything yeah you want to conclude and say the audience uh here yeah. <laughs> be who you are <laughs> now first thank you very much it was really really nice to talk to you i enjoyed it a lot so we discussed lots of interesting topics and i think we could continue the discussion for further two hours or something like that because the topics are so exciting so and you have so many experiences as well especially on the artistic part which i'm not good at all so it would be great combination for further two hours i'm sure thank you very much for that for the audience i would just like to say be who you are don't be afraid to be who you are fight for that who you are because you are good you are really really good don't forget that don't let the people tell you that you are not good enough or whatever forget that just fight go for that and like you said a couple of minutes ago let's go <laughs> let's go all right do you do you want to hear a, do you want to hear some jokes with let's go uh why did the bored ape cross the road Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to get to the NFT convention on the other side. <laughs> We were there a couple of weeks ago, days ago, okay? Second trip. So, yes. <laughs> right. What do you call a group of bored apes? Tell me. <laughs> a decentralized collective. <laughs> Very good. Yes, that's we are. That's what we are. Yes. <laughs> okay. One one last one. What good. did the bored ape say when he got a new pair of shoes? Okay, what? Man, they are not comfortable <laughs> as my digital fur. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I wanted to keep that bold face but I couldn't stop smiling. But uh yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, see you around and I'll add uh, links to the course below and uh, we will stay tuned. A lot of exciting things happening. We have special spaces on new topics every saturday so join in uh, on saturday this saturday we are doing april's fool is there right first so we are having a comedy art special and then week after that is going to be dark art special then spiritual then uh, 3d and charity so these are special spaces designed for 2 hours with expert ogs and collectors coming in for that particular segment that will also be a space recording so you can get featured and come along um i have been hosting spaces i have been seeing for over a year it's been around 60 weeks of doing that so the regular spaces also going on i invite you to join in whenever you can and invite all the viewers to join in to have a direct uh, contact with me or if you want to ask any question to both of us uh, feel free to do that and join the rock class club you don't want to miss out on that uh, lifetime membership those people registering now uh we'll get a 50% discount 
from the min date so join in lot of things coming in bye 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 guys thank you see you